This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today I'm joined by Oanda senior market analyst for Asia Pacific, Jeff Halley. Good morning, Jeff. How are you doing? Yeah, and good afternoon from a very windy Jakarta. And uh, a pretty quiet start to the week where you are from Asian markets, I see. Yeah, look, we've got a, uh, a Japan holiday today, which always mutes volatility in Asia anyway. Also, US futures have uh, given back some of the gains that US markets traced out on Friday, which is also taking the edge off volatility in Asia. But the main data point out in Asia this week has come and gone, which was the China loan prime rates. And uh, they've left those unchanged and haven't really done anything on the liquidity front sort of in contrast with the messaging that they gave last week. And that's really moved uh, markets to a a wait-and-see mode in Asia. I think now they'll be looking to see the colour of China's money. Uh, There's only so much uh, bang for your buck you get as a government by talking markets up. Eventually, you need to follow it up with concrete action. Uh, Additionally, oil prices have rallied once again in Asia today, and Asia being a massive net importer of energy, that's always a a headwind for most of the region. So overall, a a fairly quiet day. Modest gains, probably on on the back of a really strong and exuberant US session, but certainly with a cautious tone around them. And when I look at China markets now, they are actually moving slightly into negative territory. And you mentioned oil. Over the weekend, we heard that oil giant Saudi Aramco plans to increase the amount it invests in energy production. Obviously, it's had uh, massive profits over the last uh, year or so because of the soaring price of oil. That will be welcomed by political leaders worried about the impact of high energy prices. Although, as you say, that hasn't had any effect on the oil price. If anything, it's gone up. Are there other reasons why oil has risen today? Well, there was an attack uh, by the Yemeni rebels uh, who have been in a quite bloody war with the UAE and Saudi Arabia on an energy facility in the south of the country. It doesn't appear to have done much damage, but uh, it's never uh, good news for oil prices uh, in an already tight market. Additionally, Reuters is running a story that Europe is actually considering uh, an all-out boycott of Russian oil. I'm really not sure how they would manage to do that, to be honest, because they're so dependent on it and gas, but that story has been circulating today. The potential for European buyers to be competing with the rest of the world for non-Russian oil is going to be potentially exacerbate an already tight situation. We've seen oil rally in Asia by 3%. But I must say, all of last week, despite uh, the falls in oil we saw in Europe and in uh, the US, Asian buyers have come in each day last week and bought oil. So they're clearly still nervous about the trajectory of oil prices going forward, particularly, of course, as most of them ex-Indonesia a giant energy importers. It does look like for now that that downward correction from that huge Ukraine-inspired rally has run its course and we're more than likely going to see Brent sort of settle in the $100 to $120 barrel range over the next uh, couple of weeks. And of course, we'll still be keeping our eyes closely on these uh, awful events in Ukraine and talk of negotiations have quietened down over the week and we've seen uh, Russia continue Uh, with its invasion and uh, it's worrying really how this is looking to play out this looks like it's going to go on for some time 
Yeah, I mean, the tactical situation on the ground does point to a semi-stalemate. Uh, obviously, Russia has a lot more uh, resources at its disposal and uh, and might get its act together, but we really have to see how that one plays out. Uh, over the weekend, the Turkish foreign minister actually said, and he seems to be going between the two sides, that they were very close to agreeing a number of points on some sort of uh, ceasefire or peace agreement. Now, I've heard we've heard nothing else since. That may have also given an initial early boost to uh, equities in Asia too, but that seems to have run out of steam quite quickly. It's a very fluid situation. It's not a big week for data and uh, around the world, and, and, and thus I, I think the markets really are now uh, in wait-and-see mode to see what developments, for better or for worse, emerge from Eastern Europe this week. Indeed. The week ahead, as you said, is not big on data. We are in this country going to see the latest uh, inflation numbers, uh, which will probably make uh, grim reading for most of us here in the UK. And there are plenty of purchasing managers statements around as well. Yeah, we've got uh, PMIs coming out from all over the world, including Asia and uh, Europe and the, the, the US. That will give us probably our first indication of Russian-induced uh, inflation because of all of those actions that have been taken uh, against Russia uh, sanction-wise. So we're going to perhaps have our first visibility on the direction of travel uh, potentially for inflation uh, because of that, and that will be uh, evidenced by much higher PMIs. We also have a veritable smorgasbord of Federal Reserve speakers and a few ECB speakers this week as well, and that may give us some reasons for some intraday volatility. Again, it's really going to depend on uh, how dovish or hawkish those speeches are across the week. And here in the UK, we'll hear from the Chancellor of the Exchequer with his autumn statement. He's obviously got the cost of living crisis heavily in his mind, but it doesn't seem that there's much he can do, possibly something to do with the price of energy, maybe? Yeah, you know, a lot of this inflation is externalities and, and, and the Russian sanctions have caused another inflationary wave to sweep the world, which is yet to be fully uh, fully recognised, but it's definitely coming. And even if that war in the Eastern Europe and the Ukraine finish tomorrow, those inflationary pressures just aren't going away. If we take the New Zealander example where they've also been upset about the cost of living, we can see that they've cut fuel taxes and they've, uh, you know, they've dropped the price of public public transport. We look over to places such as Indonesia, they've had export bans on palm oil and coal, and they've also acted to increase subsidies on, on, on fuel and other essential items. I'm not really sure that the UK would go down the subsidy route, but I think the most likely cause of action will be something like New Zealand, where they temporarily cut uh, taxes on fuel and uh, perhaps act um, to curb uh, price rises and uh, the cost of public transport. But really, at this stage, they can only put Band-Aids on, on, on the situation. There's no magic panacea out of the situation. OK, Jeff, thanks very much for joining us this morning. We'll speak to you again soon. Always a pleasure. Have a wonderful week ahead. This is the Oanda Podcast.